Good. Good morning, everyone. I've been teed up very well here. Uh, yeah, that's, in fact, lower is, I'm quite tall, so that'll do. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Everyone doing all right? Good. Right, well, let's begin by praying together. Father, my prayer this morning, just so struck by that word that Pat shared and the word please, and my prayer for this morning is, begins, I think, and probably ends with please. Father, please would you fill this place with your presence. Please would you speak. Please would you lead us and guide us and renew us, I pray, by your spirit. And please would you release a spirit of joy and celebration in this house, in this people, in our city today. Amen. Amen. Good. Well, hello, everyone. Good to see you. My name's Sam. If we haven't met before, I'm part of the team here at Trinity. And um, we've been in this series through August uh, called Rhythms of Rest, if you've been with us, where we've been exploring and considering Uh, what it is to be a people of rest. Uh, As Jesus' people, we've looked at practices or rhythms, if you like, such as Sabbath, silence. Last week, we looked at retreat, and today, this morning, I have the joy of wrapping up that series, if you like, before September, and we're going to be talking about the practice of celebration. Celebration, eh? I was tempted to get Cool and the Gang playing at this point, but I decided against. I was going to sing it as well, and my wife said, please don't do that. But Lord, if it be your will, then... Maybe for the response. What does celebration have to do with a life after Jesus, a life devoted following to Jesus? Well, that's going to be the question we'll consider this morning. And as it is our final week, and we've had the kids uh, teaching us to pray and worship this whole month, um, I'm going to invite the kids. So kids at the back of the room, I'm going to try and get your attention from all the the stuff. Maybe some parents could help me. Kids, if you want to come to the front uh, this morning, that's going to be really helpful. We've got loads of exciting, fun things. No one's moving, but they'll come eventually. Um, Parents can help me out. And uh, we're going to talk about celebration. It's really exciting. I promise you. Please. Please. There's there's please. I knew there was something in the please word. Let's get the kids forward. Kids, do you want to come? I've got something really exciting. Thank you, Tanya. One child. Kids, I have loads of party poppers. It's come to this. And I'm going to give you a party popper, which is really fun and dangerous and exciting. So please come forward. Parents, at this point, you might realize I'm about to give your child a party popper, so you might want to come with them to accompany them as well. Kids, loads of party poppers. Millie, would you mind passing me the party poppers? They're in that bag. Yeah, let's come forward. It's going to be great. Thank you so much. And because we're talking, let's give the kids a round of applause. Thank you. Wow. Thank you so much, guys. That was smooth. So good. You made me work for it. Uh, we're going to be talking about celebration this morning and a party. And so I thought any good party, right, has party pops, okay? So in a minute, I'm going to hand all of these out and we're going to blow them, not into our neighbor's face, but out into the air, unless it's your sibling and that's quite funny. But we're going to blow them out into the air together, okay? But we're going to te- uh, t- I'm going to tell you a story, okay? We're going to talk about a story today, a story all about a party which Jesus tells us, okay? And at the end of the story, when I finish reading the story, I'm going to say the words... Uh, this is the word of the Lord, and you're going to scream and shout and stamp your feet, thanks be to God, okay, like you're at a party. And as you do that, 
you're going to pull these party poppers, it's going to be incredible and messy, and it's going to be great. Does that sound all right? Does that make sense? Yes? So I'm going to say the words, this is the word of the Lord, and you're going to scream and shout, thanks be to God. I can't hear you one more time. The adults can join in as well. This is the word of the Lord. Very good. Okay, fantastic. I'm going to give these to some responsible adults. Beth, could you pass it to a responsible adult, please? Thank you. And I've warned you, parents, your children are being handed party poppers, so there we go. Fantastic. Okay, and as that happens, we can get our listening ears on. And get ready for a story. Okay. You can hand those out as we do the story. Everyone sitting comfortably? Good. Great. This is a story all about a party, which Jesus tells, and it's called the story of the wedding feast. You've got loads of party poppers. That's fun. The story of the wedding feast. Okay, you ready for a story? Yeah. Good. Thanks, Luke. Great. One day, it's Matthew 22, by the way, if you want to follow, follow along. Matthew 22. One day, Jesus was telling some stories about the kingdom of God. And he said, God's kingdom, God's kingdom is like a king who threw a big party, a big wedding party for his son. And he sent out all of his servants to call in all the guests. But they wouldn't come. So the king sent out more servants. He sent out another round of servants. And he said, tell the guests, look, everything's ready. The meal's prepared. I've got a disco ball. It's going to be great. We're going to have a big party, okay? Just come. Come to the party. Come join the feast. But the people, they just shrugged their shoulders and walked away. One to take care of his garden. Another to work in her shop. Another one to go and do their homework, which, by the way, you should do. It's a very good thing. You're welcome, parents. Now, the rest of them, they had nothing better to do, and so they even picked on these messengers, and they beat them up, and the king was really, really ticked off about this, and so he sent some of his soldiers to go and take care of those guys, but then the king, he told his servants, well, we have a wedding feast, we have a party ready, right, all prepared, but no guests, so what we're going to do is, I'm going to send you out into the whole city, especially the busy parts, and I want you to invite anyone and everyone that you lay your eyes on. The tall ones and the short ones. The silly ones and the serious ones. The happy ones and the sad ones. Even the adults and the children and the good and the bad. Regardless, invite everyone. And so the banquet was back on. Every single place was filled. Can I get a woohoo? Woohoo! Good, that went well. Now, when the king entered and he looked over this amazing party scene, he spotted a man who wasn't properly dressed for a wedding party. So he went up to him and he said, friend, what are you doing in here looking like that? And the man was speechless. And then the king said to his servants, we've got to get this guy out of here. He's not ready for the party. He's not come dressed properly for a party. And Jesus said, this is what I mean. When I say, many get invited, all get invited, but only a few really learn to enjoy the party. Okay, this is the moment. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God! Very good. Very, very good. I've got my pipe over here as well. Should I do that? 
There you go. Now, ops team, I promise, I, I make a public vow before all of you. I'll hoover all of the mess up at the end of the service, so you can stand down, stand down. Now, kids, I've got some quick questions here. Okay. Has anybody been to a party recently? Anyone been to a party? Anyone been to a party? You've been to a party. What did you do at the party? You had fun? Yeah, that's good. That's what we do at the party. You've been to a party? What did you do at the party? You danced at the party. That's good. Parties are quite fun, aren't they? Anyone having nice food at a party? A bit of a boogie? Yeah, what did you do at the party? You took some photos. I like that. Very, very good. Now, sometimes at the end of a party, what do you get? Right at the end, sometimes you get given something to take home with you. What do you get? Present. That's a good party. Yes, I'm going there. What do, what do you get? A party bag. Of course you do. And I have been to Card Factory in the city this week. Other card shops available. Um, and I've bought some party bags here. I've got these party bags. They came in a pack of six, so I've got three lying around, if anyone needs three others as well. And I've got three party bags here, okay. And in each of these party bags, there is a surprise. There's a really exciting mystery. In fact, it's a picture. How cool is that? And this picture, we've got three things to talk about. Why celebration, what celebration is all about, and why it matters for a follower of Jesus. So, who would like to be the first person to come forward and open up this party bag and show everyone what's in it. Wow. Yeah, do you want to come forward? Thank you so much. I'll help you out here. So there's a, do you want to come on the stage? You can go for it. You want to open that up and unfold it and show everyone in the room what the photo is. Should be coming up on the screens as well, hopefully. And kids, I wonder, could you tell me, what's this a photo of? What's happening in this photo? What are these women doing? What's happening here? They're in the gym. I heard that squatting, doing some weight. I was going to use a picture of me, but there were just too many of me in the gym, so I went for this. Fantastic, very good. Do you want to sit down? You can keep the party back as well. Thank you so much. Amazing, well done. That's our first thing. Yes, we just about got there. So this is a picture of training or being in the gym, working out. Okay, and the first thing I want to say for us this morning about celebration is that celebration is all about training. Celebration as training. Did you know, church, did you know, kids, that you were made to celebrate? You were made for joy. You were made to enjoy God and enjoy life. Something called the Westminster Catechism, which sounds very fancy, and it is quite fancy, actually, but it's just, it's ordinary, really. It's just written by lots of old people a long time ago. It says these words. It says, a man's or humanity's chief end, their goal, is to glorify God and enjoy him. Enjoy God forever. That's your purpose and my purpose. That's our destiny. Dare I say that's where we're headed. When was the last time you thought about enjoying God? You know, this Christianity thing, this following Jesus thing, you're supposed to enjoy it. I need to remind myself of that most mornings. You know, sometimes we just, at least if you're me, have a, a grit your teeth and bear it approach. I've just got to get through this thing, Yeah? And sometimes it's, hear me, it's hard work and it takes intentionality. But you are here to enjoy God. That's his will for your life is that you enjoy him. The God who's the author of all which is good and true and fun and beautiful. In fact, the God who is fun and true and good and beautiful. He wants you to enjoy him. What an amazing thing. We are headed for eternal celebration and eternal Party. Now, this reminds me in the Bible of Revelation 19, 
Um, if you've been with us for a while here, you might think, I thought we'd had enough of Revelation. We had six months doing Revelation. Well, we're back again. Revelation 19, where it says uh, these words, John gives us an insight into the very end of the story, the very end of our story, the whole story. And he says these words in verse 6, Revelation 19. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, like loud peals of thunder, like loads of party poppers going off, shouting, hallelujah, for the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice, let us be glad, and give him glory for the wedding. The wedding party of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Then the angel said to me, the angel said, write this down. This is good. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Church, you and me are invited to the party. Celebration is about preparing for this party, the wedding party of the Lamb, when Jesus and his church will be fully united, when nothing will stand in the way of intimacy between you and Jesus, when one day all the wrong things will be put right. Celebration trains us for this party, so when we arrive, we're not caught on the back foot, but we know how to celebrate. We know how to celebrate others. We know how to celebrate God and what he's done in our lives This kind of life will, uh, Psalm 16 talks about in God's presence, there's fullness of joy, fullness of joy, eternal pleasures in his right hand. Fullness of joy, eternal pleasures. That sounds pretty good to me. Sounds pretty good to me. I don't know about you. The Christian claim is that that can start today. We begin that celebration today. We begin going to the gym, if you like, today to prepare for that. Now, I don't know about you, but I... When I think about a life of following Jesus, sometimes I get really, really serious about it, and I try really, really, really hard. And I think if I just pray more, if I just read my Bible more, if I just fast more, if I just don't buy anything ever, and maybe, maybe there's some good in those things, but uh, Richard Foster, who writes a book called Celebration of Discipline, he says this about celebration. He says, far and away, the most important benefit of celebration is that it saves us, saves me from taking ourselves too seriously. Get some party and hilarity into our lives. Church, what if you and me today were to take seriously, hear refresh the call of Jesus on our lives, yes, to be a people of prayer, but also to be a people of celebration. Celebration is all about enjoying God. Okay, that's my first thing. I've got a second party bag here. Who would like to come and open this new party bag? Yeah, do you wanna come forward? There's a little surprise. There's a picture in there. Could you open it for me and show the whole room? Stand really tall and hold it high above your head. <gasps> Amazing. It's actually quite hard to see this one. Amazing on the screen as well. Any ideas? What is this a picture of? What's going on in this picture? Can anyone shout out? Can anyone tell me? Yeah, go on. There's lots of people. Yeah, they're all holding hands. They're all different, but they're all united together. This is a picture of family, right? A picture of community. It is a picture of community. Um, Amazing. Thank you. Do you want to go sit down? You can take the pie bag. This is a picture of community. Let's have a round of applause. Thank you very much. You've got the gist of this thing now. Thank you very much for working with me. Yes, the second thing I want to say about celebration this morning is that celebration is about community. Celebration as community. Now, I don't know about you, but it's quite hard. It's doable but quite hard to celebrate on your own. Celebration reminds us that we need other people in the life of faith. The king throws a party, right? And he invites people. 
You throw a party, you invite people to get round a dinner table together. Now, if you read uh, the Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament, all about Jesus, then Jesus spends most of his time around a dinner table. Scholars say that Jesus eats his way through the Gospels. So good, eh? I mean, that's my kind of savior. He goes from meal to meal. He gets round a dinner table with people, and he invites people who think they should be there, people who think they shouldn't be there, people who think that they're really in with God, but actually maybe they're not, and people who really want nothing to do with God. But Jesus invites them as well. He gets all sorts of different people round a dinner table. Why? To celebrate. It's about community. Jesus is no party pooper. And yes, I just said poop at the front of church, and that's funny. It is funny, isn't it? Yes, thank you. So good. In fact, if anything, he's the party bringer. So much so that the religious leaders of the day accuse Jesus. They say to Jesus, this guy, he's a glutton and a drunkard. Friends of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus is the party bringer. Is this how we think of God? In fact, Jesus even leaves us with a meal, right? He leaves us with a feast, with a party of bread and wine, of communion. When we come together, that's a meal, that's a party, a family celebration together about Jesus' broken body and blood for us. It makes us a family. It draws us into community. And Jesus, he calls us to be a people who are caught up in the act of celebration, so much so that we can't help but tell people about it. We can't help but go out to the byways and the highways of our city and invite people to come to the party. This is what the parable is all about, right? It's what the story is all about. Jesus says, go and invite anyone and everyone to come and find their seat at the table. Church, you and me are invited today. We're called today to go to the forgotten places, the stinky places of our city, in fact, probably especially those places, to invite people, to let people know there is a place at the party for them. Celebration is all about sharing in the party, sharing in God's family, receiving the invitation for ourselves so that we might Release that invitation to those around us. Okay, third and final thing. I've got my final party bag here. If we're still, everyone's still in. Yes, do you want to come forward? In fact, do you want to both do this one together? You can both come forward. Let's do that. Yeah, come forward, come on. Or we can have three. That's great. You can all hold it a little bit of this paper. That's good. Do you want to pull it out? And you can all hold it. Why don't you all help unfold that together? What an exciting surprise. Do you want to all hold that up so that everyone in the room can see? This is a tricky one, actually. What do we think that's a picture of? What do we think? There's people with their fists in the air and like protest placards. Yeah. Any ideas? Anyone want to shout out? They're voting. Oh, I like that. That's a good thought. Um, Do you want to go sit down? That's amazing. You can take that part of it. This is a picture of protest. Should we give a round of applause? Thank you, girls. Thank you so much for your help. You go sit down. Thank you so much. Yeah, to be fair, the word defiance is probably not going to be on the mouth of of those kids. But celebration as defiance, this is about resistance. This is about resistance. Celebration as defiance. The third and final thing I want to say about celebration for us churches is that it's about defiance. Someone called Harvey Cox writes these words on the screen. He says, humanity, modern humanity, writing in the last century, has been so hard-pressed towards useful work 
and rational calculation that they have all but forgotten the joy of ecstatic celebration. Resonate? Hard-pressed, trained to be restless, wandering consumers rather than taking a moment to rest and celebrate. Sometimes, church, celebration is about pushing back, pushing back in defiance against the narratives of our modern technological world, which wants us to be this. It doesn't want us to stop and celebrate, but to always be going on to the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing, and then, and then I'll celebrate. Sometimes celebration is about defiantly saying to the world that the truest thing about me is not my output, It's not what I have. It's not even what I do. No, the truest thing about me is that I am God's beloved. I am the apple. You are the apple of God's eye, as the psalmist writes. And it's okay. No, it's good for you to rest and celebrate. What else is Sabbath about? What else is a life lived in rest with Jesus about? Now, not only this, but celebration can be really tricky as well, not just because of cultural narratives, but because of life, of living on planet Earth, right? Perhaps you're listening to me this morning and you're like, Sam, okay, this is kind of a bit different and I'm kind of tracking with you and and I know you really want me to track with you, so I'm giving you my best. But have you read the news this week, Sam? Have you listened to what's going on in the world right now? What is there to celebrate? What on Earth is there to celebrate? What good is it going to do if I have a few more people around my dinner table from time to time? And I hear you, church. We live in attention. We live in attention, right? There is a now to our faith in Jesus. There is a celebration now, and there is a not yet. There is a not yet. There is joy, and there is sorrow. There is beauty, and there is brokenness. But I think... I think, church, this morning, part of our response to the sin-sick story of the world, to God, of God's world, is to celebrate in prophetic anticipation that one day all the wrong things will be made right, that one day there will be eternal rest, eternal celebration, eternal party, eternal party poppers, dare I say. And that glorious future is guaranteed That is guaranteed, the victory is won. That is locked in, to use that language. And it's breaking forth. Can you taste it? Can you see it? Do you want it? I want it. Now this reminds me, uh, in the Bible where Paul, he writes a letter to the Philippians, in, in Philippians 4 verse 4, he says these words. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is near. Now, Christian celebration, the practice of celebration, is not mere optimism. It's not turning your frown upside down. It's not even coming through those doors on a Sunday and just pretending things are great and you're ready to have a sing-song and a clap, when actually, in reality, you've had a really hard week. It is not that. And forgive me, forgive us for where I have thought it was that. And we have thought it was that. I don't think that's it. No, our rejoicing is in the Lord. 
our rejoicing is because, as Paul writes, the Lord is near. The Lord is near. This means that even when things are at their worst, even when it's the darkest of nights, even when all you've got is a, where are you, God? Or, you, or it's just silence. Even then, there's still hope and celebration because Jesus has gone to that place. He's gone to that place for you and for me, and he's come out the other side to make a way for you and for me in resurrection power and glory. So even in the darkest night, there is hope that the sun will rise again on a new day. The practice of celebration is not about undermining genuine brokenness in your life and my life and in our world. It's not about burying your head in the sand, pretending things are fine. No, Paul also writes, he says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Paul also uh, writes about Jesus' people being a people who can be sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. They're not mutually exclusive, these things. You can feel more than one thing at once, as Brené Brown has taught me. The practice of celebration is sometimes an act of defiance against the darkest of nights, saying that in Jesus Christ, the truest and realest thing, the reality itself, there is a new day coming when all the wrong things will be put right. Sometimes our celebration church is a conscious and defiant act of worship and trust in Jesus, which we do together as we learn to enjoy God. Church, what would it look like? What would it sound like? What would it smell like? Taste like for a spirit of celebration to be released in this place, in your life, in my life, in this city, what would that be like? What difference might it make if we were to pursue to become a people of celebration, learning to enjoy God in community, drawing people into that, anticipating the day to come when the party will never end? Let's pray. God, thank you that you call forth praise from the mouths of little children and for the screams and shouts and celebration throughout this service from our kids. I want to pray like that. And I pray, God, today that you now speak to hearts, speak to minds, speak to really tough weeks and release in this room, I pray, not by hype, not by trying harder, but by sheer gift of your grace, God. Dare, dare I ask you, release a spirit of celebration in this place this morning. Not just in this place, but in your people. Not so that it's just something here and then we leave, but release it in us. Do it in us. Birth it in us, God, I pray, in the depths of us. For our good and for your glory, we pray. Amen. Amen.